Welcome today to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. And if you would take your Bible and turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, I'm going to get there in just a minute. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen for you. But uh, if you do have one, you can make it to Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. We're in week two of this four week series on Circle Maker. And uh, just want to say thank you we, for signing up for 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. We began that on uh, this last Thursday on the 10th. And then that's going to take us all the way through the end of the month. It's not too late. If you haven't signed up, you weren't here last week, you can totally do that on the backside of the communication card. Just check that box and uh, get involved. There's hundreds of people uh, that are doing that and that are involved in that. And so I would encourage you to do that. Also, just kind of a a plug for life groups. I just want to, we've got a ton of great life groups during this season of January. We all are always promoting those life groups. It's a way that we kind of do community and relationships at church. And so if you're new here, I'd encourage you to get involved in one. If you go to one and you don't like it, you don't have to stay. Is that good? You can just kind of find another place if that's what you need to do. But uh, also, for those of you that are looking, maybe looking for a life group, I'd encourage you to look at the Financial Peace University Life Group. It's on the Germantown campus and the West campus. They're both offered there. And uh, this is just a great, 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 uh, great life group about uh, going back to God's Word. What does it have to talk, say about finances and how that works in your life? And... Um, I just heavily encourage you, whether you are doing really well in that area or you're struggling, uh, this will help you get what you need to get and get to the level that God wants you to be uh, in the area of your finances. So just there's all kinds of life groups like this and other ones that are practical uh, like that to get involved with. Grab one, go to it, get involved, and and I know you'll be blessed. Um, As we get into this week's message, I want to go back to what I said last week as we're talking about Circle Maker, and I just want to kind of review for just a second and give you the the working definition for Circle Maker. Circle Maker is a metaphor. It's an attitude of believing in the power of focused prayer resulting in God doing the impossible in our lives. And um, so the process of Circle Making is basically four things. One is discerning. We talked about that last week. You got to know what it is that God wants in your life and how you do that. And, and I encouraged you last week. It, again, this week it's on the, your communication card that you can just simply write there uh, on on the communication card what you're believing God for. What is it that you? What breakthrough? What need do you have? What what venture are you on that you want God to be on with you uh, to do that? So it's discerning that. This week we're talking about asking. How do you make the bold? Asking request of God. Uh, and next week we're going to talk about circling. How do you stay, just continue to stay focused? Because even though we like for God to answer our prayers, prayers quickly, it usually doesn't happen that way. And so, um, and so how do you just stay on it? And I believe that, that God wants to answer our prayers. I believe God's there to answer our prayers. I just think the reality is many times we give up too soon. And so we're going to talk about that next week. And then we're going to end the series the last weekend of the month with receiving. How do you receive what it is that God has for you. How do you just stay, stay on that? So today we're talking about asking, and, and that's really where prayer begins. When you talk about this journey of prayer, that's really where it begins. I'm going to try to be very practical. So for those of you that have been praying and, and you've got many, many, many years, this is going to be somewhat of a refresher. Hopefully I'll say a few things that will be encouraging to you. But for those of you that are brand new, 
uh, to praying or you just struggle with it like most people do, hopefully this will help you uh, in your journey of, of your relationship with God through, through, through prayer. So remember from last week, God, uh, excuse me, bold prayers, God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. We talked about that last weekend, that God is not off-put by our bold, audacious requests. Quite frankly, he's off-put by anything less than that. And God has determined that there's a certain expressions of his power that are only exercised through prayer. That when we pray, God begins to move. When we pray, God begins to show up. Simply put, God won't do it unless we ask for it. James chapter 4, verse 2, God won't do it unless we ask for it. And I think the greatest tragedy in our life as Christ followers is prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. Sometimes we think, well, maybe God would never answer that prayer. Maybe that's not important to God. Or that's just too big. Well, that all depends on the size of your God, doesn't it? If the God that you serve is the God who spoke the heavens and earth into existence, if the God that you serve brings up kings and brings down kingdoms, if the God that you serve, according to the psalmist David, holds the, holds the water of this earth in the hollow of his hand, I don't think there's anything too big to ask God for. It all depends upon that. And so Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, we're going to walk through these 16 verses this week and the next two weeks. I just want to walk through four verses today, so I'm not going to make you go through 16, all right? Just four verses today. But we began this journey of this bold asking, and it's Jesus talking to, the, to his disciples. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse number 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he had ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John, John the Baptist, also taught his disciples. Now here's what's interesting. The disciples are up with Jesus and they've seen Jesus on the platform. They've seen Jesus do the miracles. They've seen Jesus open blinded eyes, the lame walk, the, the dead be raised. They've seen Jesus interact with people. They've seen his discernment, his insight, his revelation, his knowledge. They've seen all this. But what they see that no one else sees is his prayer life. They understand the power from which he ministers doesn't come from the people. It doesn't come from the platform. It doesn't come from the applause. It comes from those, all of those times that he's alone with God. And they are there from a distance listening to him. Could you imagine what it would be like to hear Jesus pray? That would be pretty powerful. And they realize that in that prayer, he's got something that they want. He's got something that they need. And they understand everything that's happening in his ministry is happening because of the time he's spending in prayer, which is true. In life, it, you, you, we don't live on the mountaintop, right? It, it's, it's those times when we're praying and we're working things out when no one sees. And we're kind of alone in our prayer closet, if you would. And we're crying out to God. And it's in those times that we're kind of gutting those things out and, and they see that. And so they say, will you teach us to pray? It's no different than what you and I are doing. It's what I said last weekend. I'll say it again today. What do you need God to do in your life? What is it that you need from him? Do you need him to be a healer? Do you need him to be a restorer? Do you need him to, to be a deliverer? Do you need him to, to, to be a counselor? Whatever it is that you need from God, the Bible says he's more than enough. What do you need from God? That's the question. The question isn't, can he do it? The question is, what do you need? And what these disciples wanted was what the power that they saw that was in Jesus they wanted to have in their life, they wanted to have in their ministry. And they knew the key to that power was through prayer, which is true. And so they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I would ask you again today, what do you need to circle in prayer this year? What do you need from God? If you haven't already done so, 
I would ask you to join with the 427 people that last weekend wrote on the backside of their communication card, this is what I'm circling in prayer. It's there for you today. This is what I'm asking God for, for this season, for this day, for this year, for my life, for my business, for my family, for whatever it may be. And they're asking him of that. Now, before we get into how he replies to them, let me give you some truths about asking. Just some truths that we find in the scripture about asking. First of all, you've got to be willing. If you're going to pray bold prayers, you've got to be willing to get out there. You've got to be confident. You've got to be bold just to ask. I think a lot of times things don't happen because we don't ask. I think James chapter 4 verse 2 is right. We have not because we ask not. I think many times we don't believe and we don't just get out there. Or we think that's just relegated for super spiritual people. No, it's not. When you ask, you receive. And I, I had someone ask me last weekend, well, why does God not just answer our prayers? If he, it, just, just, just do it. Why do we have to ask for it? If God knows what we need, why don't he just do it? Well, first of all, I don't know. Does that help you at all? I'll let you ask him. I didn't write the book. I'm just the messenger. Okay? But secondly, what I would say is, you've got to understand how prayer began. Prayer began out of and is response of relationship. Genesis chapter 1, God creates man in his image. Genesis chapter 2, woman comes on the scene, God creates woman. Genesis chapter 2 also tells us that God walks and talks with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He created his creation to have relationship with him. Not for religion, not for performance, but for relationship. When sin entered the world, it drove a wedge, a divide, uh, an expanse between God, the creator, and man, his creation. This grieved the heart of God. So God said, I will send my one and only son so that that relationship can be restored. That's the reason why Jesus is our high priest. That's why he's the one that's our advocate to the Father. He's the one that goes to God for us. But we don't pray to Jesus. We don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to God the Father. We'll learn about that in just a minute. And God said, I just want them to talk to me. I just want to hear their voice. I just want them to trust me enough that they would with bold and confident asking come to me. And, and the interesting thing about prayer is prayer is not a, a monologue, it's a dialogue. We begin to speak to God and then God speaks to us. Maybe it's not verbal, but it's through his word. This is why the Bible is infallible, inspired, and errant word of God. It's maybe through, through it's, it's, in our, it's in our spirit. It's in our times alone with the Lord. It, it could be audible. I mean, he has done that before. But, but the reality is that God wants that relationship. So God doesn't want to just do it. He wants us to interact. Those of you that have children, let me explain it to you like this. You know what your children need when you're sitting in your, in your favorite chair in your house. And they begin to circle the chair. Because mom say, go ask your dad. Right, and they circle the chair, and you know they need money, they need permission, they need you to take them someplace. And there are times where you just jump up and do it. Most of the time, you don't, though. You just kind of go, I want them to ask me. There are times your kids are working with things, and you realize you could jump in and help them, but what's going to help them best is for them to come to the end of themselves. They can't, me- they can't fix it, they can't clean up the mess, and come to you and say, I need help. And that's exactly how God is. God wants us to be willing to come to him because we want to, not because we have to. God doesn't want to be a giant vending machine in heaven where he says, hey, here's a quarter. Just keep feeding it to the machine and pushing the buttons. He just says, look, just come to me and ask. 
Come to me. I don't care if you're weary and you're heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I don't care if you're up and over, you're down and out. I'll help you. I don't care if you're lost. I don't care if you're hurting. I, don't, I will meet you. Just, I just want relationship. The second uh, truth about asking is you've got to be specific. You've got to be specific. Uh, and, and in being specific, you've got to identify what you need. God doesn't answer vague prayers. And I hear a lot of people pray vague prayers. Well, Lord, I just pray you help everybody. God, I just pray you show up. God, I just pray you show out. I just pray you just, you know, what does that mean? You ever heard somebody pray that? Lord, just help them. What? No, they, they just need a tank of gas. You go buy them one. God don't need to show up and do that. But there are times where specifically you began to say, God, I need you to do this. Why is that important? Because of this reason. When you pray vague prayers, nobody gets any credit. But when you pray prayers that only God can answer, specifically, you call it, then what happens is when it's something only God can do, then God gets the glory when it happens. You talk about a couple who can't have children and they begin to pray and they ask God, they go to every doctor, they go to everyone, and finally they just say, God, I don't know what to do. Here this is. And God goes, boom. And maybe sometimes he answers through adoption, sometimes he answers through conception, but he answers that prayer of that mother and, the, and, and, and that husband. There, there are times where I've seen people ask, ask things that they're, they're in a financial situation and there's no way out. And they say, oh God, I need you to show up and specifically meet this bill. I do not have the resources to do this. And God shows up and does it. And you're able to tell your kids, you're able to tell your family, you're able to tell your friends, I stood in the gap and I asked God, and Pastor Aaron was preaching about it, but it's true, not just because you can't believe everything he says, but this is true, right? Because I'm going to be specific and I'm going to identify what it is. You got to be bold. That's the last thing, be bold. When you're asking, be bold. Is there any limit or size restriction? No. The size of our prayers depends upon the size of our God. Again, how big is your God? If your God is itty-bitty, teensy-tiny, if he only shows up and works on Sunday mornings, I get it. You know, I understand why you don't ask him. But if your God is a God of more than enough, if your God is the God that supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, if your God is the one who laid down his life and gave it to you and gave you salvation, rich and free, then it, ask what you will. How big is your God? Be bold. Because the size of our prayers depends upon the size of our God. Matthew 18, 18 says that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. That word bind, uh, it means to place a contract on something. So as you're praying and you're asking God, you're binding something in prayer, you're asking God to show up, what happens is, is when you pray for something in the earthly realm, God puts a contract on it in the heavenly realm. That's what that means. Rewind that again. What did you just say? You said contract. Yeah, I'm saying to you, when you begin to ask God according to his will, and you ask him to show up in a situation, your prayers as though it's going from heaven to earth, and the Bible says that God puts a contract on that in heaven, it will be done. Now again, we talked about this last weekend. Sometimes God answers prayer in seven days, sometimes seven minutes, sometimes it takes 400 years. He's God, we're not. But but I love what the Bible says. God is not a man that he would lie. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He changes not. He's the same God. And so I can be bold in my asking of him. Now, has this, let's talk about how asking works when it comes to prayer. Go back to Luke's gospel, chapter number 11, verse 2. Because prayer here is all about the ask. 
Verse 2. So he said to the disciples, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. Now, don't check out on me. I know you think, oh, I know all this. If you did, then come preach it. All right. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And those three verses, there are six requests, six asks that we have of God. So the disciples say, how do we pray? And Jesus says, you need to ask. That's your problem, guys. You've been sitting around watching me do a miracles. You need to ask. You've been sitting around on the fringes watching this happen. You need to get in the game. You need to ask. And don't just ask once or ask twice. But I'm going to tell you to ask about six different things specifically every day in your life. Because he doesn't say memorize and recite this prayer. That's boring. You ever heard somebody pray a prayer that they've recited, they've memorized, that they've read? Our Father, what's wrong? I don't care how powerful it is. It's just... Because people, because but but when it comes from who you are, when it comes from relationship, which is what prayer is intended to come from, when it comes from that, there's a dynamic faith exchange that happens from God to you, from you to God, and God shows up in those moments, in those instances. So He begins, and again, if you've heard me say this before, let me say this: I, I will preach. I will come back to this because there are new people. New people come into faith in Christ. There were over 500 decisions for Christ at Life Church this year. So they're new people. So I want you to understand how to pray. I also know that even though we know how to do this, many of us, we don't do it. I know. I've been watching your lives. All right, right? So, I mean, that happens. And so it's a good reminder. But this is very simple. And, and, and this is something that I, this is kind of, I just kind of pray through this, the Lord's Prayer. Not by reciting it, but by walking through what I'm about to give you. So the first thing in the ask is praise. Praise. Verse 2, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Notice that you're praying to God the Father, not to Jesus the Son, not to the Holy Spirit, but to God the Father. And I love, it's not just you're praying to God, you're praying God the Father. That word Father denotes relationship, intimacy. Now, some of you have, don't have great relationships with your dad. I understand that. Think of someone, of an authority figure in your life that you go to for counsel. God says, that's who I want to be. And so I have a great relationship with my father. So my dad, one of the greatest things, my, my, my dad's my hero. If I can have the character and the integrity that my father has, I will live a good life. If I can love my wife and raise my kids the way my dad did, I'll be a successful dad and husband. My dad's never preached a message. My dad, my dad, my, my, my dad is a, a factory worker, built air conditioners all my life, retired, but he just is a man who I know walks with God. And, and the reality is this, is, is the time that I get to approach him, to talk to him, and I have a great relationship with my father, that's a special time. And because my father lives in northeast Arkansas, just outside of Memphis, and I live in, in Milwaukee, I don't get the time that I would love to have with him. But in those times, I'm able to talk to him and do that. And God says, look, I want you to approach me the way I would my dad. But notice he says, it's not just our, our Father who art in heaven, How, but he uses the word hallowed be that name. The word hallowed is a spiritual word. It, it means to have respect, in essence. And he's reminding us, Jesus is reminding the disciples, and we're reminded that we're not just to approach God flippantly, like, yo, what's up, God? Like, Jesus is my homeboy, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not that kind of a deal. It's with respect, because access need not destroy respect, because that happens sometimes. 
Because we think we can come to God anytime, and we can, and we call on the name of the Lord, and we can, and God answers. Sometimes we take that for granted. And we need to remember that that time that we have with him is hallowed. It's honored. It's respected. He's not our equal. And so he says, began every conversation with the Lord with praise. Lord, thank you today for what you've done. Thank you. And I'm just being honest. I'm just, real, I'm just real down to earth. Lord, thank you for, like, today. Thank you, God, that the snow is melting, that I know it's going to be cold tomorrow, but it's not cold today. Thank, you know what I'm saying? Just a little things. Thank you, Lord. Thank, you know, whatever it may be, a little victory. What, I just, top ten things I'm thankful for. I just began that with praise. Why? Because I'm giving him praise because I know he's the one that's made those things happen. I'm acknowledging the good things he's done in my life. Then Jesus goes on to say, now, let's talk about purpose. He goes from, per, from praise to purpose. Verse 2, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whether you're defining or you're defending your purpose, every time that you come to the Lord in prayer and you ask him, you're asking him, Lord, have your way in my life. Lord, your, perf- your purpose for me be done. For some of you, you're discovering that purpose. You're trying to figure out what that is. Maybe you're 14 years old and you're like, I don't know, God, what do you want me to do? Then that's when you're asking God in that time, Lord, God, let your kingdom come and will be done. Here I am. Do what you want to do in me. But you may be in a situation too where you know what your purpose is and you're having to declare that purpose every single time. This is, what, this is important because this is the reason why you've ever been around people that their vision just kind of goes through valley, like mountaintops and then valleys and just roller coasters like they just can't stay focused. It's because Jesus said, look, come to God every day on a regular basis and when you come to him, ask for your purpose to be not just defined but declared, to be defended. And it keeps that in your life. The problem with life is that it's so daily. And if we're not careful, we lose that. And so, but if on a regular basis we're coming to God and saying, Lord, have your will and your way in my life. Have your will in your way, Lord. It, it, what happens is it renews that sense of purpose and that connection, spiritually speaking, between you and God, it just, it hits. And so that's what you're doing in that time. And, and so during this time, I, I just say, God, you know, hey, first of all, I have your will and your way in my life. I pray, Lord, have your will and your way in my marriage. I pray, Lord, have your will and your way in my children. I pray, have your will and your way at the church. I'll begin to pray for the staff on particular days. I pray for the board and their spouses and their children on other days. I pray for those life group leaders. I mean, I'll begin to just, I just have a system. I just begin to pray through people in the church. You know, as, as, as the Germantown campus, as, as the walls are going up, I'll begin to pray, God, for safety and, and for your will to be done. I'll begin to pray for the West Campus, God, that you bless the West Campus and everything that's happened, that you bless the Marcus group for allowing us to, to meet there at the, at the Marcus Cinemas there at the, at the Majestic. I pray for Danny and for Eva Phillips, our, our campus pastors there. I just began to declare all of that stuff. And began to defend that. And the more I do, the more my faith rises up. It's the reason why when you're in church, like now, and you begin to hear something, and you're paying attention, and your heart begins to beat a little faster, because you go, that's real, that's good, that's right. And then as you leave, you just kind of wanes. You go, is that emotion? No. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so when you're doing what you're doing right now, your faith is being built. Your spirit, man, you're like in a gym, if you would. Man, you're just like P90Xing it right now. Does that make sense? You are like insanity workout times two, and you're going after God, and what's happening is being built up in you. And every time that you spend regular time in prayer, that's what happens. That's why you can't just go to church on the weekends and then try to get through the week. You've got to learn how to become a self-feeder, and you've got to have that time with the Lord. So praise, purpose. The next is provision. 
provision. Verse 3, give us this day our daily bread. The Bible says that we live life in day-tight compartments. Yesterday's gone, today's not come. Lord, give me what you've got for me today. The provision for today. As I was studying this, and I mean, I've read this a gazillion times and studied this. I never saw this. Maybe you have. Awesome. But I think this is going to help even some of you that have been like me, that have been praying for, for years and had this in your life. First century, there were no um, fast food, right? There's no, like, speedways. You guys realize that? Okay. Not only were there not gas stations, there were no, like, convenience stores. There were no fast food. McDonald's, I know, horrible time, isn't it? Uh, uh, Burger King, uh, Five Guys, not that fast, but it's really good, right? So, so there's none of that that's going on. So if you needed food, you couldn't just run to the convenience store, to the neighborhood market, and get it. What you had to do was you had to make sure you had procured all of those ingredients. And then what they would do is they would go home and they would make the night before the provisions for the bread for the next day. Because the next day was going to be too busy, right? I'm, People really haven't changed that much. I mean, life is busy. And so they would prepare the evening before for the, for, for, the, for the bread for the next day. Now, as I'm reading through this, and I'm reading the scholarship on this, and again, I never really connected all of this together. Not the part about they're not speedways in first century. I got that. But, but, but this whole connecting point, it went back in my mind to my grandmother, who used to make homemade yeast rolls. I'm telling you, if you're not hungry by the time I'm now, I'll have you hungry by the time I'm done with this. She'd make these homemade, huge homemade yeast rolls. I mean, they're like the size of a kid's head. You know what I'm talking about? And, um, and she would make these. And, and I would remember going into the kitchen, and my grandmother would have all, she would knead the dough, she'd do it, she'd put it in the, little, in the, in the, in the pan, and, and it was small, and I would say, well, grandmother, why don't you do that tomorrow? She goes, no, 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 honey, you don't understand. What has to happen is, that dough has to rise. Mm, I'm telling you, I'm getting hungry right now. She has to rise, so we let it sit and rise. And then tomorrow, when I get up, it'll be ready. I'm going to turn that oven on. I knew the rest. Grandmother, I got it from here. You're going to put those, those, those big yeast rolls in there, and I'm going to get some homemade butter. I'm not talking, I'm talking about that stuff that's saturated fats, right? Not zero, like, like 100% saturated fats. And I'm going to have that, and I'm just going to put it, I mean, and so here, here's what he's saying here. God has provisions for you every single day that he's prepared for you. And what he wants you to do is simply that day get up and ask for it. Is that not amazing? That every one of us, God has already provided what we need. The grace, the mercy, the insight, the patience, the favor, the open door, the closed door, the right decision, the, 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 this, this blessing, that blessing, this, this piece of protection, this amount of strength. Before we ever get up in the morning, he's provided it. And all he wants us to do is ask. And Jesus is telling the disciples, look, God wants to do more in your life than what you want him to do. All you have to do is ask. And so when we pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, I'm saying, God, with me in mind, you've already provided. You've already kneaded the dough. You've already put it in the pan and let it rise. And now all I ask is that I receive from the table that you have blessed me with. That's amazing. When I read that, I thought, wow, how much does God love us? 
that he specifically designs. Man, I'm a carboholic. I'm just telling you, I'm recovering, right? But I'm a carboholic. I love bread. And when I just was just like, I just thought, how? Because it went, made me go back to my grandmother who would prepare that the day before and we would enjoy it the next day and how that God does that for every single day of our lives. And the next thing is pardon. He goes on in the rest of verse four. He says, he said, and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven everyone that's indebted to us. It's important that we do this. Forgiveness of, of asking God to forgive us. And that's important because Psalm 66 verse 18 says, if I regard sin in my heart, Lord, you will not hear me. Some of you wonder why God doesn't hear your prayer and your Christ follower because you got sin in your life. Well, let me rewind the tape on that one. I just said, the reason why God doesn't hear some of you when you pray is because there's sin that's unconfessed in your life that you won't deal with. So Jesus tells the disciples, every time you come before the Lord to pray, say, God, forgive me of my sins. You don't have to get saved all over again. You're going to heaven, right? You understand? But what he says is, is look, but I thought you said anytime somebody calls on the name of the Lord, they can be saved. Yes. And God will always hear the prayer of repentance for unconfessed sin. But if you are walking and living in sin, it's done. Because you've made a willful decision that you're going to do it your way. Peace out, Girl Scout. God's over at Starbucks drinking a grande skinny cinnamon doce latte. And when you come to the end of your bad self, he's there. That's called, Lord, forgive me. He shows up. But until then, you're just kind of babbling on and on and on. And so Jesus said, look, make sure that there's no unforgiveness in your heart. That God has forgiven you. There's, no, there's no sin in your heart. Also, make sure there's no unforgiveness in your heart. Because he knew that that can eat you like a spiritual disease from the inside out. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15 says, If you forgive others their trespasses against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, it's a big but here, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So if you have unresolved conflict of unforgiveness against someone else, there's no forgiveness for you. And Jesus stops and says, this is important. Ask God not to save you. You're already saved. If you've asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart and your life, you're saved. You're going to heaven. But, but there's an issue here. You need to get it worked out. First of all, vertically between you and him and horizontally between your neighbor. And so, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Search my heart. If there's any sin in me, I do this regularly. The Lord knows I need it. And then, and, then, and then also, God, if there's any unforgiveness I have towards someone else, they've done me wrong, they did this, do this. And the last, he says, end with protection. As you go into your day, protection, verse 4. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a good reminder that we will all face temptation. All of us. Jesus faced it. We'll face it. Superman had kryptonite. We got issues, folks. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says that God will always make a way of escape. And here's something that I've learned. That when I spend time regularly in prayer... Daily in prayer, the amount of temptation that I deal with in my life goes significantly down. And it also, the temptation that I do deal with, becomes much, much, much easier to overcome. Why? Because Jesus is telling the disciples exactly, Lord, deliver me from temptation. Because on a regular basis, I've been praying that prayer over my life. For a regular basis, I've been asking God to do this. And remember, God wants us to live life in daytight compartments. Yesterday's gone, he says. Tomorrow has not come. You take care of today. Let me, let, me, let, let me wrap this up. I want to wrap this up with just a, a personal illustration of asking something bold from God, just, just from, from me. Uh, in 08, 
uh, we were in a season at the church. Life was good. We had purchased this property. Matter of fact, uh, at Germantown, we were getting ready to open the student center up that fall. Uh, we were getting ready to expand the, the, the uh, sanctuary of the Germantown campus. And uh, Tammy and I, we were happy. Things were great. And I got a phone call, and this happens from time to time. I got a phone call uh, from a church asking us if we would consider to come and be the senior pastors of this church. And uh, it was a great church. Um, it was a church that was about three times the size of, of uh, Life Church at that time. Uh, and they had just built a beautiful new campus on 40 acres. Uh, they had two campuses. Uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, they just, it was just, a, it was a, I mean, it was a from, a, from a natural perspective, it was a great situation. And I didn't feel, Tammy didn't feel, we didn't feel like God was doing anything in our lives. But at the same time, it was one of those things that came that we weren't looking for. And so we were like, okay, God, is there something in here that we need to, to be open to? We, we don't feel, but maybe, maybe we've done what we're supposed to do here. I, I, you know, we just need to be open to this. And so, um, so I told the, uh, the, the, the gentleman who called me, I said, I, I don't sense that I'm supposed to make a move or change or transition. Uh, but I'll be open. I'm, I'm honored. And, and I was. I was very honored that, that they asked that they thought that highly of us. It's a great church. And, um, I, but I'll pray about it. But I, I, I just have to be honest with you. I don't sense this is what God's doing. I, I feel, feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. What was interesting was we were moving from house A to house B here. And I, I like to move. And so anyhow, we had already sold our home. So our home was sold. In boxes. So I was thinking, Lord, I mean, you know, you do, I mean, 13 days, boom, it's off the market. I already knew where else I wanted to go. That's not, that's not hard for me, the next step. But, but, but it was just one of those deals. And so I just began to pray. And in the meantime of praying, I had some, some leaders, some mentors, some people in my life that I trusted. Uh, they called me. I didn't approach them. They approached me and said, we heard about this. We really think this may be a great opportunity for you and your family. This may be a real blessing for you, and you should really consider this. And this is a great deal. And so, that, you know, no, no pressure, right? But on the inside of me, I don't sense that I'm supposed to go. I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And so um, I sat down and talked to Tammy, and we were both praying, and we both sensed the, the very same thing that we're not supposed to go anywhere. We're supposed to stay right where we are. So before I called the gentleman back, I went to the Lord in prayer. I said, God, I don't sense that you want me to go. I don't sense that that's what you want us to do. And although it'd be nice to go to a place that the facility's already built, and it'd be nice to go to a place that, 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 that has influence at that level already automatically, there's just so many things that were going to just happen with that move. I sense that we're supposed to be here. And I sense that you've moved our house as quickly just to, for me to have to try to stop and listen to you. Because sometimes God puts you in those situations where he just wants you to say, are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to ask? Because the Bible says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways. He'll guide and direct your path. So I said, here's what I'm going to ask, Lord. Here's, here's what I'm asking of you. Because you've given me an opportunity to go here, and if I go here immediately, there's some goals that I have in my life that will be met. I'm going to ask that you give us at Germantown with our stay, that you'll honor that, and that you will give our attendance, that it will exceed that of this place. I pray, secondly, that you will give our missions influence of giving, it would exceed that of that place. And that because, Lord, you know that that building's built, and there's a 1,400-seat auditorium, and it's on 40 acres and the whole deal, and there's just an incredible opportunity there, that you would do the same thing here. 
And I called the gentleman back. I said, thank you. I appreciate it. I really do. I'm humbled and honored by this. But this is where I'm supposed to stay. He called me back two other times over the next couple of months saying, we really think you guys are it. And I would have to say, thank you, but no thank you. I know I've heard from the Lord. And every time I get off the phone, I'd say, God, I'm just reminding you one more time. I need a bigger building. I, I need, I need, and I, I want to reach more people. And, and, and I want to do more for missions. And I'm believing that you're going to honor that here. He called me again. No thank you. God, I want to remind you. Bigger facilities, we can reach more people, touch more people's life and do that. You fast forward from 08 until now. Missions, we have exceeded what that church did and has done. This year, Life Church, you gave almost a half a million dollars in missions. That's amazing. The, 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 the second piece is that we would be able to, to get a facility and continue to expand as we're growing. Well, the Germantown campus, that's a reality as the walls are literally coming up on a brand new facility. And it's also an answer to prayer because since then we were able to launch the West Campus, which has helped us be able to reach a whole other group of people with this same life-changing message that I'm so excited about. And then the third thing, that of growth and size, well, that's all just a byproduct of the other two things that have happened. And so I could sit here and I could go on and on about all the great things that God's done at Life Church. I just want to remind you that sometimes we have not because we ask not. And I'm telling you, I could tell you some very personal things in my life that I don't have time to go into where I've stood before the Lord and asked Him to do some amazing things and He has shown up. There are some things I've asked boldly of God that I'm yet to receive an answer from. I don't want you to think it's just always it happens. Sometimes it happens in seven days. Sometimes it happens in 400 years. But God will listen God will perform his word, whatever you need.